0: Brett Kavanaugh is our newest Supreme Court justice, and there was much rejoicing. But why exactly? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Usually on Saturdays from 3 to 6, but during football season I move around. I'm, it's live right now if you're listening. Phones are open. 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, it is sunday we're on from one to three i am joined by my trusty producer brad binkley hey binkley how are you doing
1: i'm great how are you
0: great you had a show last night
1: i did i told everybody to listen your
0: what was your show
1: it was an improv show for a couple of friends of mine trey and alex who are getting married today so congratulations to them
0: all right. Well, it sounds like it was a good time. I wish we were on yesterday, so we could have told people where to go. But next time, we'll relapse
1: theaters where we were.
0: We'll do. We'll give you a little shout. I'm sure people would like to see your the many different talents of Binkley. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So you, I know, have been. Uh, you and I have kind of following the opposite sides of this Brett Kavanaugh thing. I I should never admit this, but I just could not bring myself to watch these hearings. Like, I really, it's, I am I am one of those people, and I think every single person is one of those people where when there's the People magazine on the coffee table in the doctor's office, you're going to look at it, and you're going to keep reading it. I don't know what it is. It, maybe it's that dopamine thing that Facebook cultivates, but... Uh, People were just wild for that, and I know it's important who the next Supreme Court justice is. I get that, but I really have no tolerance now at all, which it's a bad time to have no tolerance. They kind of saturated me with this stuff, that every single topic is is personal. It's not—they don't talk about policies and issues. They uh, really—it's—I mean, you can— I do this sometimes, I turn on Fox news. When I'm in the car on the, on the radio, just to hear if there is any discussion of anything under the surface. And it, it reminds me of that quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, not my favorite person, but this is my favorite quote of hers. Anyway, it's roughly that great mind, you know, small minds think of people, average minds think of uh, events and great minds think of ideas. And our, dissent into purely personal to me makes a real functioning democracy defending like real principles impossible and so that's why i couldn't but doesn't mean that we're not gonna to, this may be an advantage that i'll bring something totally unique because i want to talk about issues so but you what just uh maybe you can tease to some of the stuff that you're gonna bring that was from the uh the actual hearing
1: well, it was eight hours of a circus that would make Jerry Springer blush, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's revealing that you don't hear on the, the mainstream media. And I, I put together some clips just to kind of show how outrageous it is and to show what some of the – reveal some of the intentions, I think.
0: Yeah, I picked a couple of the clips that you sent me. It was, it's hard for me to listen to it. I think the reason I couldn't listen to it is because I felt like I was listening to a kitten. You know, like it was just like this little kitten, and uh, and and then when you realize that she's an accomplished woman, uh, she's probably older than I am. That she, I mean, it, it was just incongruous to me. And and like my mother always told me when I couldn't watch the State of the Union addresses, I literally, since I was little, I would have to walk out of the room. She said, "You just can't stand hearing people lie." So I don't. I'm not. I did not assess this personally. So I'm not. I'm not saying that, but some of the things that you brought up to me made me uh, agree with you that this was an act. But, uh, but I, <laughs> this you've never heard. I actually concluded that Kavanaugh was getting a little bit of his own medicine. Yeah. In that. Now, did you hear anybody talk about what I told you that I uncovered about this guy? No. And as a matter of fact, you thought the opposite of what I thought because you had read a New York Times whitewash piece. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little bit of, of what I, got I came up with. duped
1: by fake news.
0: You were duped. The New York Times was playing the role of Snopes to debunk uh, totally valid stories. So this is it. Uh, Britt Kavanaugh was an investigator under Ken Starr against Clinton in the Whitewater investigation, which then expanded to include Vince Foster and ultimately Monica Lewinsky. Now, I think everybody knows that, uh, but what people do not realize and what the New York times article said was that Kavanaugh. So when people call Kavanaugh a conspiracy theorist, they're referring to this meme put out by the New York times and others that he pursued these crazy conspiracy theories that Vince Foster was murdered and not, uh, did not commit suicide. However, it's not like that at all. From what I can tell, uh, Two things happened that forced Kavanaugh and Starr to uh, investigate Vince Foster for the purpose, the intention, I believe, especially since the proof is in the pudding, to put rumors of Vince Foster's murder to rest from the right. So these guys were supposed to be opponents of Bill Clinton. So if they came up with the idea that if they concluded Vince Foster was a suicide, then it would be put to rest. And that is what happened. And the two things that forced him to open reopen Vince Foster, as opposed to New York Times saying he was a nut job who used taxpayers' money to track down a the conspiracy theories, were two things. His predecessor, or somebody in the investigative role in the office of the special counsel who was pushed out, he said, Miguel Rodriguez, I think the name was, yeah, wrote, which I just printed out, I saw it for the first time like five minutes before the show started. The letter, the, the, this um, brief, or whatever it's called, by Rodriguez, and the first line is, present for this meeting were Mark Tui, Brett Kavanaugh, Jeff Green, and me. Uh, the meeting was convened to discuss my review of the Foster death materials. Miguel Rodriguez wrote this in December of 1994. And he proceeds to say "Well, he, why well, he does not agree with the other reports that said Vince Foster was a suicide. He actually goes through, Miguel Rodriguez goes through the facts that are wrong. In those reports, and, and he left the, that his job as a result of that. Then there was another guy, uh, Patrick Knowlton, who was a witness, who saw some things at the scene before the body was discovered that uh, he said was inconsistent with the FBI report, and nobody had nobody – had, or the FBI had uh, misrepresented what this guy said. And when a reporter brought it to the attention of the special counsel, they simply had to talk to this guy. So he sued, he later sued, for the way he was treated. This witness, he was a witness, and he was treated as a criminal by, according to him and others, Brett Kavanaugh. So Brett Kavanaugh, when he said, I saw a different person in a different car from what you said I saw or from what other people saw, I just want to correct the record that your story of the scene that I witnessed is not consistent with my memories. And according to him and his statement and his suit, Brett Kavanaugh said, what were you doing there? And he said, well, I was going to the bathroom. He said, was anybody else in the bathroom with you? It's (laughs) like, well, and then it gets really uh, nasty. Like the line of questioning is trying to implicate this guy as being engaged in salacious or illicit activities. And what this means to me is that like when I was investigating um, Merrick Garland and uh, Comey and Mueller these people all pop up in these weird stories, and it makes me feel like these these guys are the real deep state, and they're getting their rewards. And like Knowlton sued the government over his treatment in the Vince Foster thing at the hands of Kavanaugh and Starr, Comey and Mueller. Also, the government actually paid people out for how they were treated. These are supposed to be lawmen, and they're and the government's having to pay out for the way they violated these guys' rights. And the last thing I will say is this is nothing compared to what happened to Patrick Knowlton. This is nothing compared to what happened to Bill Cosby, and you're not hearing about that, and it's much more relevant to uh, <laughs> to you, and I want to talk about that in the show also. So so what, what do you think? You were...
1: uh, the thing about Bill Cosby is very interesting because he's such an unsympathetic character that – people don't care that there are course. some violations there
0: it's like alex jones yeah they came for alex jones but nobody cared because he was a he's jerk. he's alex
1: jones we're like no yeah. we don't care
0: and the, nobody you know people came from Co- for Cosby, and nobody cared because right the accusations were because he's a jerk too
1: yeah and <laughs> they apply those same standards to other people like i was i told people our website got removed a few weeks ago and uh so they can pin it on alex jones nobody will care then they can start doing the same thing to other people
0: well, I'll tell you, this is what I noticed. So at the beginning, I was saying to people like moms of the friends of my kids, you know, oh, I got, you know, you shouldn't take this lightly, the Alex Jones thing, because my website got taken down. And then they're like, oh, what's wrong with you?
1: Right, exactly. And that's the reaction, yeah.
0: Nothing, nothing. I can't, but I would show you my website, <laughs> but yeah. they took it down. Yeah. So, and they took down, so I did recover uh, the material on there for the most part all the text and everything but the pictures are gone most of the pictures and video and media are lost and that's where the evidence was for all the things i ever claimed so this was six seven years of work on my part with documented evidence, and so I can't even. People can say, "Oh, you just made this unsubstantiated claim," and I would like to say, "No, I didn't." But it's all gone. They and I'm, stole and it's the gone. evidence. Huh?
1: They stole the evidence is basically what they did. Yeah,
0: and it's if it's scrubbed from my site, it's scrubbed, you know, universally. That was the point of it, actually.
1: Yeah, it's just important, I think, that people can. You can not like someone and also not like what is being done to them.
0: Well, of course, they can't do it to people who are liked. Yeah. They can't, they have to start with the people who are not liked. They simply must. And I personally have been told in both of those cases Alex Jones and Bill Cosby that, oh, who cares? Because you know what I mean? People who are from the left, from the right, people who consider themselves liberty oriented, who think they care about rights, will absolutely representatives from every possible walk of American society have chalked up that stuff to, well, who cares? Because they're bad.
1: But It'll they don't eventually realize. happen to someone they do like.
0: But then they might stop liking them. Yeah. That's not, you know, that, that it, once this thing takes hold and they're able to blacklist people then you have to stop liking them. You know, it just becomes this thing where once you accepted that they were fair in their knee-jerk assessment right off the bat, uh, anyway, don't get me started. (laughs) Uh, But actually, do get me started because we have so much to do and cover in these two hours uh, I'm happy to take calls and tweets, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica
2: Perez Show. Monica Perez. 29 years of service in the Army as a uh, professional
3: intelligence officer. I sincerely appreciate your program. On News 95.5 at AM
2: 750, WSB.
0: We're back. We're here till 3. It's Sunday. Uh, Binkley, do we have... A way for people to what's the best way for people to get our podcast in case they lose track of when we're on during football season?
1: Well, is our website up and running again yet?
0: <laughs> yes, it is, but it's a, sometimes it's a little tricky to search on. There's like some stuff got screwed up on. Okay, it, so
1: iTunes Propaganda Report podcast. I will tweet it out.
0: That's great, and his Twitter handle is at Freedom Act Radio, and mine is Monica Perez Show at Monica Perez show. So I'll retweet that. Uh, so here's the thing. We're talking about Kavanaugh and people are super excited. People on the right are super excited at this triumph. I mean, really celebrating. And I, I, I smell a rat, of course, because I don't think this guy is uh, particularly worth celebrating. I feel like we were set up. Uh, we all in society left and right to be emotionally involved in this battle that had no that wasn't really based on content, but on just pure partisanship, you know, like a sports event. And. For me, I the lately people talk about conservative justices, and I think historically we thought of those people as constitutionalists conservative to us are conservative means to look back to not change to be cautious so for us that means a, um, to always have the touchstone of our founding documents and our founding principles in Europe it's different in England to be conservative is to like the monarchy is to go back and use that foundation as a touchstone but for us, the conservative is is you don't want the change. What we're actually getting is neoconservatives, which if you read – just if you can find it on my blog, my the, probably the best thing I ever wrote was an analysis of Irving Kristol's book, Neoconservatism, the autobiography of an idea, where he tells Republicans to give up on the idea of small government to stop kowtowing to the um, – The population and be more aggressive in foreign policy that the people want to be led, especially in issues of economics and foreign policy. So when I look at somebody who's considered a conservative uh, like Brett Kavanaugh, I want to know, is he a constitutionalist or is he a neocon? So if you just and this is what I wish the Senate and the mainstream media had brought up. What is this guy made of? And there are some cases that I think bear serious scrutiny. One was, um, and I'll just, the best summaries I've found of these, you really have to totally dig in, but the Wikipedia one-liners on some of his decisions. One was Kavanaugh wrote that the metadata collection, uh, you know, the big warrantless wiretaps, whatever, um, and everything that that implied, I guess, stimulated these cases. He wrote, uh, the metadata collection at issue was not a search. And even if it were, no reasonable suspicion would be required because of the government's special need to prevent terrorist attacks. So that's the Fourth Amendment being completely negated. Right. And I just can't – I can't cope with that.
1: And that wasn't talked about at all because all everybody talked about was the sex stuff and the alcohol.
0: Right. And, and uh, so people will say, well, who do you want? And uh, I want to judge Napolitano, you know, the libertarian. He's a constitutionalist, whether it makes him comfortable or uncomfortable.
1: If they wanted to stop Kavanaugh, that was the route to take. But the problem is that would not have mobilized these masses of people that would have strengthened these activist organizations. Their number one goal was to strengthen these activist organizations using these sensitive issues.
0: Right, and you know what? It worked in the right's favor, too. The mm-hmm. the people on the right got him forwarded, even though, to me, he's the true deep state, given his foster background, or he's a neocon, given his position on, uh, on negating the Constitution in the name of terrorism. But that's, you know, so the, let's uh, peel the onion a little bit more after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez. That was phenomenal. On News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB.
0: I am your libertarian voice on WSB. My normal time slot is Saturday 3 to 6, but during football season, I happily... Uh, make away so I am on today, Sunday from one to three and I am your libertarian voice and uh the basic principle of libertarianism is that you uh, defend individual rights it's individual liberty is at the heart of it and uh that's what's at stake right now so uh, i I want to get into I have some calls i'm gonna if you're on the uh, hold right now i'm gonna Go through all, all those calls right in one minute. But I'll tell you that <clears throat> what's happening with Brett Kavanaugh, he's looking for a government job. He's been in the government basically his whole life. He wants a an extremely powerful lifetime appointment, and he subjected himself to this. Now, once it got truly ugly, I believe he had to clear his name, but Bill Cosby, He I I have actual um, court documents that I believe demonstrate that he was persecuted because of his political speech, that his First Amendment right was violated. Then it's very clear his Fifth, Sixth and Eighth Amendment rights were violated. And I want to at the top of the hour, I want to go through that because you only really want. You only really have to talk about this stuff when it's a jerk you're defending because it was Shirley Temple up there, everybody would be uh bending over backwards to help her. You could never ever falsely uh accuse her with such a shabby approach so it's the jerks you got to defend. i'm going to do that at the top of the hour, and Bill Cosby was a jerk. I will tell you what he actually did and admitted to. Pretty reprehensible, if you ask me. Very cynical. um, Disgusting. Disgusting. But not criminal. And in any case, even if it was, there was no evidence of a crime. Um, So if that's enough to get you interested in the whole story, (laughs) I'm going to move on. I have a lot of calls, and I want to get through every one of them. So I'll give you a... um, just give me what you got in, in a minute, and I'm going to take the order, the calls in the order uh, in which they were received. Beth in Dawsonville, you're on with Monica.
4: Well, well, well thank you. Thank you. Hi. I, I believe that this girl is a liar. I do believe that I think there's so many things in her story. Oh, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can, Beth. My, thank my, you. my voice
4: is a little bad today. No, you're great. You sound great. Oh, I'm sorry. You sound great. It, Keep going. Uh, thank you. Um, she grew up in the East Coast, I believe, in Maryland, and now suddenly she's got that teenage California sing-song spe- speech pattern. I believe it's very made up and, and very she, planned.
0: I believe that her background, her thesis or whatever, was um, in, chi- in elements of child psychology. So she should be able to put that person. I mean, you, I wouldn't be surprised. But Binkley here, thank you very much, Beth, for the call. Binkley. Well, I'm not done yet. Okay, I'm well, not, give me okay. one. Go on. Keep going.
4: Okay, uh, that's one thing. Uh, first off, when I heard her, that's what I thought. And second of all, most important thing to me Anything that could be proved about her telling the truth or lying in her story are the hard factual things. She conveniently doesn't remember the place, the time, the all these things. They can be proved. Conveniently, those are the things she can't remember. Now, I'm a victim of child abuse, but that's not where I'm coming from. But I remember I'm, I'm almost 70 years old. I remember a horrible incident my childhood. I'd swear on a stack of Bibles that I fell and hurt myself one way. Later on in my life, I would swear on Bibles. My mother told me, Dawn, you were hit over the head by your little playmate with a rock. You're... So all my life, I've had this in my head. And that's why I think that her mind is screwed up someplace. And usually the ones that are the psychologists are the dumbest ones. Oh I know it from my life. That's my personal opinion, darling. Okay. All right,
0: okay. Beth. Well let and me also, let me respond. Honey, from- Keep listening. Um so he so this so this is what I, I would say you bring up a very important point in that I didn't listen to this at all because I didn't care whether she was telling the truth or lying for this reason. Not because it's not important if a guy um is willing to force himself on somebody else or is a chronic drunk or anything like that. But something that happens that far in the past is uh, impossible to defend against. And so that's why there's a statute of limitations. And that's why I thought, well, there's just you. This guy could not possibly have it's a very basic principle of law. However, Binkley brought something to my attention that really blew me away um, Real quick, Binkley, uh, it's not – there was no statute of limitations. No,
1: there's no statute of limitations in the state of Maryland for sex felony crimes, and there is applicable law from 1982 that she could file a criminal complaint today. She could have for the past 36 years. She still can tomorrow, and it would trigger a criminal investigation, one that is uh, guided by law and standards of evidence. But that's not what they want because it takes it out of the PR realm, of the propaganda realm that they can control.
0: And and there is uh, a lower standard of evidence, obviously, because this isn't a criminal case. So she could never probably get a criminal case brought with absolutely no evidence and witnesses. And then on the other hand, uh, you can't uh, – what I don't like is what people are saying The Senator, and I even saw a, a libertarian – I believe the Libertarian Party tweeted this out – that he, uh, that the allegations that she, he's, he stands credibly accused.
1: They throw that word in there and every what single article. What
0: the heck? Incredibly kind of accused. Yeah. Like, I mean, every, anything is credible. They, it, we went to the moon, right? So everything is credible. Like that's pretty hard to believe, but if it happened, you know, I mean, things are
1: credible. That drives me crazy. I, I just think yeah. people just add credible to their statement as though by saying that, that in itself thus makes it true.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's a. Uh, it, it's a very dangerous meme they're putting out there, and it definitely means to have legs, as they say. So uh, I'm going to keep uh, going through calls. Let me go to David in Stone Mountain. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hey, David. I can't hear you.
5: Oh, you can. You, can you hear me now?
0: Yes, I can.
5: Okay, I am a. I'm ecstatic about the fact that we all want and the reason I say we all won is that you, you, you got, you're you innocent until proven guilty. I mean, if, if, if they had won this, it would have been the opposite. And then anybody could be charged with something with no evidence, and their whole life turned upside down.
0: I agree. And here's the problem with if they had allowed this to happen, if she had won or he had lost, is that uh, it, it creates what's called a moral hazard. So that once just allegations, ups, unsubstantiated allegations, are are effective, there will be no end to the amount of false allegations that are brought for political purposes. So, or any other purpose. Yes. Well, this is what uh, I would like to say is that. In a court of law, you would hope that we have more protections, which is why so this guy was is a he lays down with dogs he's a government uh employee and so, you get
3: police
0: yeah, I mean so i can't um I'm not as sympathetic to him uh-huh. pursuing a job and and taking a beating, which was already totally precedented with Clarence Thomas, uh-huh. whereas bill cosby he, his real genuine defendable um Uh, constitutional rights were violated that was the way you're ecstatic about this as a triumph for justice I'm terrified at the precedent set Mm -hmm. by the Cosby case as a um, travesty of justice so but thank you so much for the call I gotta move on I'm going to Jerry and Johns Creek hi Jerry you're on with Monica
3: hey Monica love your show keep doing up the great work you got one of the best shows in Atlanta
0: thank you Um, keep going so
3: I'd like to make the point. yeah, you know, our our country was founded on Christian principles. One of those principles being one of the Ten Commandments: "Thou shall not bear false witness." That obviously is a commandment for a reason. Um, I I listened to your last segment before the break, and I have to agree with you a hundred percent. This this is a sham coming from both sides. Um. This should have never been allowed to happen. Mitch McConnell should have stepped up and said, this is supposed to be done privately. Yes. He didn't do that. He allowed it to continue. And we ended up with a mockery of our entire system.
0: Yes. And are we, what is the point of having a representative government instead of a direct democracy if they can do I think it's pedagogy. I don't know, like where they or demagoguery where they go appeal directly to the emotions of the lowest common denominator in the population, which is what the purpose of representative democracy not only is that when you had to travel by horse and carriage, everybody couldn't go to vote, but that right. that that you have somebody who's dedicated to understanding the nuances of the principles of law as they should be applied on the marginal issues that's really the whole point of it and i think and this they it was a dereliction of duty for them to throw it out to us it was an emotionalism cynical and political i agree with you well,
3: well not to mention that I, i've never had a situation i've never seen a situation before where you can't question the the accuser i mean it's like hands off She's the accuser. You're going to offend people, and the same thing on Kavanaugh's side. He has a right to defend himself. This ended up being a trial in front of the American people. It should have never occurred.
0: It's yeah, I agree. And the damage, the damage that was done to him, cannot be undone. And and that's never. why it should have been private, without real substantiation.
3: He's always going to be the justice that committed sexual supposed sexual assault and let's let's talk about sexual assault for a minute oh i can't i gotta ago,
0: take a break but get in one second right. give me a 10 second bite go sure Can
3: 20 you... years ago okay. 20 years ago if you tried to kiss a woman you were trying to get the second base today it's sexual assault
0: <laughs> yeah i i um that's a topic for a, a larger <laughs> discussion i've got to take a break but um i'm dying to hear what peter has to say so hang on peter I'll be right back 800 wsb talk you can tweet at me at monica perez show
2: monica perez on news 955 at and am 750 wsb
0: we are wrapping up the first hour but we are on till three today and uh i am gonna get right back to the calls peter in atlanta you're on with monica Hey, Peter, I – dang it. Peter, start over.
5: I love your show. I'll try to make this as quickly as I can. Um, First off, I would just like to say that this is a a huge victory uh, for America and a huge victory for justice, what happened yesterday. I think that the more you look into the case, the more you find that this was not about sexual assault whatsoever. It was entirely a a political sham by the Democrats to keep this feet open – and I think the only evidence that you need for that is to look at Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison, there's a mountain of evidence against Keith Ellison, and you don't hear a peep from the Democrats about, against him. So this had nothing to do with sexual assault at all. Uh, really what I wanted to get to, though, was was uh, what you mentioned earlier about Kavanaugh kind of having some some shady history and, uh, you know, being for and voting for things that were uh, kind of encroaching upon America's... Uh, privacy and rights and things like that. Yeah. And I have done research into his background, and I have found a few cases like that. And I just wanted to say that, you know, earlier in the Bush years and and after that, you have to realize that the deep state was alive and mm-hmm. well back then, and we didn't know nearly as much about it back then as we do now. And I just think that, you know, but it, this case it wasn't being,
0: was 2015. The case I cited was. Ca- in 2015, I think he's just a neoconservative, and you're going to get that either way. That's the thing. I mean, that's what we get now from the Republicans. So I don't care. I, you know, there's, you're not getting Judge Napolitano. You're not getting Bork. You're getting neoconservative so this is just what you're going to get and he's not that radical either so he didn't seem to me he shouldn't have been this polarizing for the left and he shouldn't have been a hero to the right and this and this muddied the waters to the point where everybody got their emotions up even though the content was just middling like it always is these days
5: i i completely agree with you on that um and i I will say though i think that what it did more than anything else was it opened the eyes of americans And it made them realize that these Democrats will not hesitate for one second to completely destroy and ruin anyone's life with baseless accusations that have no corroboration or evidence whatsoever. And I think that is going to really rally the uh, Republicans. And I think it's going to be a huge red wave in November uh, rather than a blue wave. So I, I think everyone needs to get out and vote. It's extremely important. And I think uh, I think the uh, Democrats are definitely going to lose some seats this November.
0: That's a very interesting take. I I agree. Like I think, or I should say, I I can't decide whether this is more galvanizing for the left or the right. I'm not sure uh, if the v- spike in voter turnout is going to be as a result of this is going to be greater on the left or the right. Binkley, I feel like you're um, had some. Uh, Before we, I want to move on a little bit to the Cosby thing because it touches a lot on this. But, uh, and I want to ask you something, but did you have something to add on this? Did he?
1: I think the main motivators behind this whole thing was less the Democrats and more the community organizers behind the massive protests that are going on in America. And when you look at it from their perspective, not the perspective of the people going to the protest, but the people who are organizing it from their perspective, it only benefits them for Brett Kavanaugh to get nominated. And I said this before. I said that they wanted him to get nominated because that will continue to make it easy for them to mobilize people to send out and – uh Continue to do these acts of civil disobedience. It concentrates power for these community organizers.
0: Well, that actually goes to what I—if you—if I wanted to be really um, down the rabbit hole, that what what Trump does himself. If you were to take the really long game, Soros was on the ropes. Hillary's ridiculous. You know, she was not getting the Democrats to get together. That that putting somebody up that could be really scary to the left could allow people democrats in the middle to accept a lurch to the left from their party yeah so there's a lot of that
1: you want to read that passage that quick passage i told Can you, you do have it time in for 20 that 20 seconds yeah uh, Saul go. Alinsky in his process of power talks about You pursue power first, and if losing an action can get you more members than by winning it, then victory lies in losing, and he will lose. Oh,
0: that's what you said Stacey Abrams said. My job is to lose well. I'm not sure if she was talking about this, but this election, maybe the last one. Uh, All right, we've got a ton more to cover. I'm going to tell you how Bill Cosby's situation is worse than Brett Kavanaugh's. This is Monica Perez.
2: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back.
0: This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Usually Saturdays from 3 to 6, but it is football season, so I am happy to say uh, I did find a spot on the weekend. Thank you, WSB. Sunday one two three is my um, spot this week. But if you lose track of us, uh, my producer Binkley and I do our own podcast, plus put this show up commercial-free on uh, our iTunes account. If you want to find those podcasts, just go to at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter or at Monica Perez Show, and we will tweet that stuff out and uh, how to find us. So uh, we're talking about Kavanaugh, um, and I, in my travels here, trying to get to the bottom of all of this, what the real issues are. First of all, I found that Kavanaugh isn't my kind of guy. I'd rather have Judge Andrew Napolitano Um, but, uh, but, but the travesty of justice that was about to descend upon him is nothing compared to what I found about Bill Cosby. And it actually is, uh, to defend him is difficult because what he did was absolutely reprehensible. And that's why they got away with, uh, with taking away his constitutional rights, but I'm going to tell you what they did and what rights they took away because that behavior by the government could jail uh, somebody who's completely innocent. Now, he – he, I do not believe he did anything criminal, but – reprehensible, yes. But in any case, they can just make stuff up out of whole cloth if you don't get due process, if you don't get your rights. That's what the rights are for, to protect you against government. I want to wrap it up on the Kavanaugh um hearing though. I've got a call from Teresa. Hi Teresa, you're on with Monica. Hi.
4: Hey Monica. Oh uh, I came up with a put my little noggin to work here and I came up I don't think Dr. Cook was actually assaulted. And there was Dr. three Ford? things. I don't think she was assaulted. Why? One, the first red flag was her profession, when I found out what she did for a living. Yeah. Uh, Well, she has patience, too. I think she may have borrowed the circumstances, that something may have happened to
1: one of her patients or students. Yeah, well, I'll tell you – That's interesting.
0: Binkley, my producer here, he uh, brought up some of the same points, including she is a psychologist. Uh, I noticed, I believe it was her thesis, was about um, uh, childhood psychology issues. But she had many, many, many papers. And in trying to figure out if any of those could contribute to her understanding of things like fear of flying or... Uh, claustrophobia or assault i mean she's she's coming out with some serious psychological problems that uh have have very specific diagnoses and and binkley you tried to find her um academic history and what'd you come up with
1: i I came up with nothing she has like uh, oh she used to have like 70 uh published papers academic papers and those can be revealing and so i wanted to read through some of them but um they were removed from the internet All of them. They're gone. Like, they were linked on a mainstream site that was trying to bolster her credibility. And And her high school
0: stuff was gone too. Yeah, and
1: her her high school yearbook was removed. The information uh, uh, about her, her online presence, was purged before or right at the time all this happened. so that doesn't mean that she is lying, but it does make you ask why. Why did that happen?
0: If you wanted to get an insight into what you're saying, Teresa, could be true or not. Yeah. You can't because they've taken it away. Plus, didn't there was but a letter? also
4: this was yeah. this would be one theory that would explain why she couldn't remember things
0: because she was just taking the story she right. heard and she didn't know the details, right? But but also, if you don't remember, then the people can fill in the blanks later and all that. But I'll tell you, for me, thank you so much for the call. For me, I I, I just the the president to go back to somebody's high school. I I did not want to give her whether she earned credence or not it's I feel that it's profoundly inappropriate to do that and i'll tell you why because i believe the next step and i and i even on fox business news i think i was listening to neil cavuto he said you know what are they going to do go back to for future fbi background checks are they going to go back to high school from now on are they going to go back to middle school from now on and and yes so there are two serious implications that i do not like about what's happening here just about the time frame one is uh with The time frame issue is kids, real, for people to think for themselves and understand concepts that are not just your mainstream pablum, the stuff they're getting from YouTube, the stuff they're getting from cable news, for them to think outside that box, they have to have the courage to be able to think for themselves, not be afraid of their own thoughts, And they are becoming afraid of their own thoughts. And this, because their thoughts become digitized, like, instantly. They have a thought, and they immediately transmit it on their phones. And if that's a paper trail now, you have to actually caution your kids against that. And they think of the Internet as a cognitive tool. You can't have them – I try to tell my kids it's not a forum for free speech. After my experience of getting banned from WordPress and so much important stuff lost – that uh, I realize that you you it's not it's not for that. We need to resuscitate more uh, traditional forms uh, forums for p- politics. But one thing that it's a lot of times the most significant, outgrowth of a story like this is something that gets almost no press i feel like the transgender bathroom issue and this what she's talking about could be a stepping stone to wanting people wanting cameras in bathrooms and bedrooms and that is not going (laughs) to help women (laughs) <laughs> you know, I am not comfortable with that. But, uh, you know, it reminds me of one of those Black Mirror Black episodes. Black Mirror, I was
1: thinking about that. Yeah,
0: where people had their phones were implanted into their Jeez. own brains or their eyeglasses or whatever, and then if there was ever an issue like this, they would just replay what they saw so that every single thing you saw or heard was replayable, which we're like, almost there now. People are doing it voluntarily. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, But I have to just touch on the the Cosby stuff, I, I, I want to tell you what happened. Like people don't even know the story here of what happened with Bill Cosby. Uh, This, this woman um, uh, accused him of something in uh, whatever, before 2005. And in 2005, the DA uh, put out a press release that said We've come to an agreement. I will not prosecute or the government, the state will not prosecute Bill Cosby in this matter. And his intent was to encourage Bill Cosby to give a deposition in the civil matter so that this woman, who he felt there was not enough evidence for, he didn't believe her, but he said there wasn't enough evidence to bring the charges anyway, but – civil cases have a lower standard of evidence so she was going to sue him in civil court and this guy basically released cosby to be compelled to testify in civil court by assuring him that those words could not be used against him so he got cosby to give up his fifth amendment rights and he put out a press release to that effect fast forward to now and the judge overseeing cosby's case stephen o'neill who had run against castor and castor had get, had uh delivered some dirty pool on this guy way back when. Cosby wanted this judge to recuse himself, but he would not. He did not respect Castor's agreement with Bill Cosby and allowed not only he allowed the prosecutor to bring parts of the deposition into the case. Jurors later said that those excerpts from the deposition is what got them to convict Cosby, but he did not let Cosby bring other parts or the entire deposition in. It's really egregious. Don't even, I know, Binkley, you're like, what? Yes, it's all true. And this is why one of the many, many reasons it'll probably be overturned on appeal. So let me keep going through the amendments that are violated. That just brings me to the fact that, so the prosecutor wouldn't press charges in the beginning, um, and that's a Sixth Amendment issue where he had the right to a speedy trial and did not get one, and was assured that he would not ever be tried. So And now he's on trial many years later. So his rights, a Sixth Amendment right, was abridged. But so the prosecutor didn't bring um, charges. The first jury recently was hung and did not convict. Uh, this jury convicted on this deposition, which is probably overturnable, along with many other factors in this case, means that Cosby will likely win on appeal. So what did the judge do? He would not let him have bail pending appeal. So now he's in jail, even though it's probably a fatally flawed conviction. So he's in jail right now. And that is both cruel because the guy knows, the judge knows all the flaws in the conviction. And it's unusual because this is an 80 year old guy who no longer poses, a blind 80 something year old who no longer poses the threat to society he's accused of posing. Furthermore, that deposition, he did not say that he sedated women to rape them he said i carried quaaludes around because that's what the quote kids like to do so i would lure them back with promises of quaaludes knowing, i mean having repeat relationships with these people i he said i didn't even take a drink i would let them have a drink or have a quaalude and uh seduce them but that's what i did and then that's so low he didn't even have disgusting repulsive
1: yeah, I was under the impression based on what I saw in the news. Until you told me about that, I didn't know anything about quaaludes. I didn't know it was a desirable drug. I was under the impression it was something that he did. He like slipped something in people's drinks, and they had no idea, then they passed out. That's no, the it wasn't I a
0: roofie. It was something people desired. He yeah. was he used it as bait. Yeah, from what I could tell. But you can't. Maybe there is the. Maybe I could have found the real deposition. I looked, but then I found a lead just before the show started. I didn't get to see. Uh, yeah, it's like no. When you pages. told
1: me that, it like it changed my perspective on it.
0: Yeah, what he did was disgusting. It makes me like want to throw up in my mouth. But it's not what they are saying. It's not what you think he did. And then uh, I have a real smoking gun on why I think at the bottom of it all. So that's the Eighth Amendment is that cruel and unusual punishment, which him being in jail right now, uh, to me, is a violation of his Eighth Amendment. So we've got Fifth, Sixth, and Eighth. I think it's undeniable that he was denied those rights. But I have a smoking gun that it was all... Because of his political speech and that it's really a First Amendment issue, I'll give it to you after the break. Uh, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB
0: notes regarding elections and the upcoming election binkley and i will for sure be back at our regular time during uga bye week october 20th saturday from three to six and i believe it's going to be uh everything you need to know about stacy abrams and uh the gubernatorial race and there'll be plenty about brian kemp too i mean you've just got to uh you got to see the ugly truth the naked truth and um in that vein my favorite uh, election integrity activist, Garland Favorito, whose Twitter handle is at VoterGA, and his website is VoterGA.org. A lot of his stuff is on Facebook. You can get to from uh, that website. He, uh, there's a safe voting system commission meeting Friday, October 12th from 9 to 5 at the Secretary of State's Professional Licensing Boards Division. It's at 237 Coliseum Drive in Macon. Um, and Voter GA is slotted to say their piece, I guess, at 1 p.m. So if you want to be involved in that, learn more about it, go to on Twitter at VoterGA or VoterGA.org and follow through to their Facebook page. I am going to take a quick call um, from Paul in Dunwoody. Hi, Paul. You are on with Monica. I can't get this to click, Rachel.
3: Hi, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. I'm calling about the drug problems we're having. Uh, the the press mentioned 30 doctors arrested or caught with uh, over-prescribing opiates in North Georgia. Well, there's also something called roof, and it's used to rape people. Roofies. Uh, roof roof. It's called the roof drug. It hasn't been heard about lately, but it was heard about back in the 80s. But it's yes, around. I think
0: I think you're talking about roofies. Roofies. Can you
3: explain? Can you explain that?
0: Yes, I believe I, the roofie. That's the thing that mudd- muddies this Cosby case. Roofie is the date rape drug. Is something that you slip in somebody's drink that makes them unconscious. And there was a woman unrelated to Cosby's conviction who claimed, although she had an ongoing relationship with him. That she drank coffee with him and then passed out. Uh, so that is what a roofie would do to you—the date rape drug. You go get, slip something in their drink. They come to your house and pass out, and then I guess you take advantage of their unconscious body. But and they may or may not even remember it. And that's the that's the thing that makes it dangerous. A couple of things make it dangerous. Uh, but what he was doing was different. He accorded, the only thing that got him convicted was his own words and his own deposition. And it was that he deliberately carried around with him quaaludes, which is not a knockout drug and it's a getting high drug. It was very popular at the time. And that's even in the deposition. And I remember it as a little, little kid uh, who was exposed to some uh, you know, counter-cultural elements and as the youngest of nine, But uh, people would talk about it the way um, the next generation talked about ecstasy. And he used it as a lure, as a bait. And so he would tell them that this, he had them and they would want it. But of course it relaxed them and they uh, were easy to take advantage of. And what's truly disgusting about what he did is that he himself was not taking them. He wasn't even drinking. He was just trying to... Uh, take advantage of that which it's just disgusting it's disgusting and we should talk about that because that is a reprehensible moral behavior and no i mean we should we should think very ill of his character for doing that um especially probably taking advantage of people who were starstruck which actually also appears in the deposition one of the girls said she was starstruck and i can see that young people i hate it it's gross um However, he was not convicted for doing that. He was convicted for um, little excerpts of that deposition, which led the jury to believe that he was sedating women to have non-consensual sex with him.
1: That's what I thought, based on what I had noted about it, until you informed me of this.
0: Yeah, and and, and so I encourage people to research this and look into it. I just rattled off some... I just rattled off some of the amendments that were violated. I'm going to hit the First Amendment at the bottom of the hour. There's a great article in the Atlanta Voice by a very courageous Stacey Brown. I'm going to refer to that after the break. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's the the tough job to defend the rights of unsympathetic people. What my environmentalist teacher said, it's easy to defend charismatic megafauna. But this is uh, not the case. So more to come. This is... Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your
0: libertarian voice on WSB. Usually Saturdays 3 to 6, but uh, I'm on right now, Sunday 1 to 3. And you can go to our Twitter feeds, Binkley, my producer, and I, at Freedom Act Radio or at Monica Perez Show to see how you can listen to our podcasts during this uh period of moving schedules but don't forget october 20th is the bye week we will have our show on saturday three to six and it's going to be the definitive uh abrams show so everything that you are not hearing about Stacey abrams and some uh you know it's like the <laughs> It's the classic lesser of two evils thing. Let's see what let's see what we can come up with for uh as a reference. Hey, if you don't know, you gotta listen to this show. That's my goal for the October twentieth show. But we are uh we're talking about we were talking about Kavanaugh, but I also was talking a lot about Bill Cosby because people do not understand. I, I mean one in a hundred people probably know the truth of what Bill Cosby did, said he did Um, And how the conviction that put him in jail right now violated clearly four different um, rights in the Bill of Rights to protect you against government abuse. And he's a very unsympathetic character, and that is why it is not Uh, possible—that's why he doesn't get sympathy. But if if all the coverage that was bestowed upon the— Cavanaugh Kavanaugh, back and forth with with his uh, sexual – his accuser of sexu- of a sexual attack in high school, I mean, not – two things would have – I would have preferred two 24-7 news coverage topics over the past week or two. Uh, so there's thousands of hours of cable news coverage on Kavanaugh v. Ford. And if we had used that time to do one of two things – Explore Kavanaugh on the issues. Could he be truly fair and objective, especially in the light of how he treated a witness in the Vince Foster investigation um, or in his the way he treated uh, recently the Fourth Amendment, um, Guantanamo, stuff like that? Let's talk about those issues. But even better would have been if the Bill Cosby case had been completely vetted for its constitutional flaws, it would have brought awareness Across the country, to what, uh, to how vulnerable we are to government overreach, and how the Bill of Rights is the last, is that thin line um, protecting us from that. And and he was deprived of that. Uh, you had a great Binkley. Uh, you had a great tweet that is a perfect lead-in for my, um, for my uh, the my smoking gun on the First Amendment issue underlying the Bill Cosby case. Let's hear it.
1: All right, Dean says that, yes, the government did him dirty, talking about Bill Cosby. They broke the law to get punishment for the sake of the movement, not to mention the bogus rationalization used to unseal the court documents for the AP.
0: Okay, so what he's talking about, what Dean's talking about is the Associated Press, uh, who knows who who prompted them to reopen this case after so many years, uh, wanted the deposition... So I said earlier that the prosecutor in 2005 put out a press release. We're sealing the records. We made an agreement with Bill Cosby that we would never prosecute this case. And either in that press release or just privately or whatever it was known, Castor, the DA at the time, said, I am doing this so that this woman can get um, a deposition out of Bill Cosby in the civil case, and and he can basically forfeit or waive his Fifth Amendment rights – and not be, um, not risk self-incrimination because he will not be criminally prosecuted. So uh, that deposition, he described what he did, which was disgusting. He gave, he offered women quaaludes, which they took, and he did not, so that he could seduce them, which he did. Uh, but the the deposition was later unsealed, and and weirdly, in the jury trial against him. The entire deposition was not permitted as evidence, only the excerpts put forth by the prosecution. I mean, it's clearly a, uh, a fatal flaw in this guy's conviction, which will likely be overturned. So the judge, probably knowing that, waived bail so that he had to go to jail pending appeal, which to me is an Eighth Amendment violation, as cruel and unusual to put an 80-year-old blind guy in jail um, for something he's clearly not going to be able to do anymore.
1: And people in jail are probably going to have the same perception that doesn't understand – that is unaware of all the other things. So they're going to see him as um, even worse than he is.
0: Yeah, and he might be uh, isolated, which is yeah. also and before that reason. I know he's in a single cell. So – but here's the thing. How did that deposition get unsealed? It wasn't unsealed in that jury case. It was unsealed before, which is why – the, the, why the case was reopened, because the Associated Press got it unsealed. So a different judge, Eduardo Rebrano, uh, made this crazy argument. Uh, he, this is the bottom line. There's a there's a ruling, I think, in a case called Pansy, saying privacy, you have a right to privacy. You can't, the government can't put out a Courts you can protect court documents if they're really embarrassing that that you you don't have to you can testify openly in court even if something's embarrassing because it won't you will have a right of privacy it's so that people will testify honestly obviously so uh, but there is a, a, a several exceptions to that or mitigants. Privacy—this is from Pansy—privacy can be curtailed if the party benefiting from the order of confidentiality is a public entity or official. Public entity or official. And that and by that, they mean like an elected person. So, so this Robreno says, although the defendant is a public person, he does not surrender his privacy rights at the doorstep of the courthouse. Were this so— Well-known non-governmental public figures, visible in the public eye, but pursuing strictly private activities, would be subject to spurious litigation brought perchance to gain access to the intimate details of their personal lives. Under these circumstances, the potential for abuse is high. Yes, so the AP wanted salacious details of this guy's sex life Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, no, no public purpose, or... There were a lot of cases against Cosby at the time because this stuff was bubbling up. That these, this deposition could be used by those people if they were nefarious actors, as this judge suspects some might be, to make the thing sound legitimate because it will echo what his words are. It will highly prejudice any future proceedings. This is the lawyer in me coming out. Sorry if I.
1: Okay, like a reverse halo effect.
0: See, now that's they the them propaganda analyst in you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. Okay, but let me finish. All right. Um, it says, this case, however, is not about defendant's status as a public person by virtue of the exercise of his trade as a televised or comedic personality. Rather... Defendant has donned the mantle of public moralist and mounted the proverbial electronic or print soapbox, which is what an an elected official uses, to volunteer his views on, among other things, child rearing, family life, education, and crime. To the extent that defendant has freely entered the public square and thrust himself into the vortex of these public issues, he has voluntarily... Narrowed the zone of privacy that he is entitled to claim. Wait a minute. Yeah.
1: So, because you engage in discourse, you lose those rights you were talking about. Right. So, he's
0: engaging in political speech. This guy says, very importantly, from a soapbox. But a soapbox is what an elected official or a public, a, a candidate uses to get elected. Yeah. This guy was a citizen speaking. Uh, out against some pervasive problems with society, culture. He was exercising his First Amendment right strictly as a pu- as a private citizen with public with access to public forums because of his position. But he was saying this stuff at an award ceremony. They actually refer to his pound cake speech, which was at an award ceremony for him. Um, so and then later. It says – so there were a bunch of additional cases. People were making accusations against Bill Cosby, and he started speaking out and saying, I did not do any of that stuff. Forget about it. This judge goes on to say, by joining the debate about the merits of the allegations against him – he has further diminished his entitlement to a claim of privacy. Wow. So by defending himself in the court of public opinion where these people were making accusations, he has negated his right to keep that deposition sealed, which not only was embarrassing, but it, it was a violation of his Fifth Amendment right. He would never have made those statements. Entrapment. I think it is clear to say. Hmm?
1: Entrapment, it sounds like.
0: Well, after the fact, but the, also what the guy said, what the judge said, was that they failed to show that it would be embarrassing to him or cost him anything, which is crazy because he was on the verge of getting a new show. The proof is in the pudding that clearly it's highly detrimental to him. And, and there, because their case was like, it's clear that he would be embarrassed. And the guy's like, but you didn't articulate in what ways. You know, so you really should one one should read it. I printed it out. That's it was crazy. Many, many many pages, but uh, it, so so it's crystal clear to me that, or I should say, that I just believe I presented evidence that it is his exercise of the First Amendment that led to his being denied Fifth, Sixth, and Eighth Amendment rights. Yeah. So. Is this the first time you've heard all this, Binkley?
1: That is the first time I've heard all that, (laughs) and it's because he's such an unsympathetic character.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break, and then after the break, I actually, I'm not sure I can tolerate the sick clip that you want to
1: I was shocked when I saw what Bill Cosby retweeted in his own defense. Clearly displaying his lack of awareness.
0: Yes, he is truly (laughs) uncharismatic. All right. uh, I'm going to give you a uh, earmuffs warning. You got kids in the car, put your earmuffs on. So after the break, we're going to play this clip and wrap it up. Uh, Thanks, Binkley. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She
0: knew. Nobody believed her.
2: On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: Next time we have a prize pack, we're going to have to see if people know what that clip was from. It's my favorite, as you can imagine. Um, uh, yes, we are back. We're wrapping it up. Binkley, I'm a little nervous about what you're about to play. So people, earmuff your children, it's not, I don't know. Ugh. What do you think, Binkley? It's not you know vulgar
1: bit? in like language. It's just what it, it's, right. you know, I okay. think it's important for this. Uh, this All moment. right, so
0: introduce it, play it. I'm going to distance.
1: I went over to Bill Cosby's. Twitter page recently, who he's advertising his new comedy special, strangely. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he had retweeted over the summer Farrakhan tweet. So Farrakhan. tell people who Louis Farrakhan is. Yeah, we're going to play the clip right now of uh, Louis like, Who Smith. is he? Uh, do what?
0: He's the leader of the nation of Islam. Leader
1: of the nation of Islam and, ironically, um, the kind of hero of many of the women's march organizers, the main founders of it.
0: Which really drives me crazy because, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves, the two convicted killers of Malcolm X were members of the Nation of Islam. Yes. And I have a lot of respect for Malcolm X, and I think that that was a world-altering tragedy, kind of unprecedented. Yeah, so this so, is
1: Louis I mean? Farrakhan, friend of Women's March leader, leaders, okay. and uh, retweeted by Bill Cosby recently. Let me play that clip. Bill Cosby,
4: sisters, do you know how easy it is for men in power to have sex with you? Some of you will resist,
3: but most women. Who want to move up in the world? Bill Cosby don't have to offer you no Quaylu.
0: That was awful. I I have to say.
1: I should have listened to it I have to say that the best defense to a sexual assault accusation in the middle of the hashtag MeToo movement is not Women are easy. See, Lewis Faircon said so.
0: Did the, you are that is from Bill Cosby's verified Bill Twitter.
1: Bill Cosby retweeted that in his own defense and said thank you to him.
0: Oh. Oh. So look, it's hard to defend this guy. Such an
1: unsympathetic character.
0: Such an unsympathetic character. I I have a daughter. I, I was a young woman. I, I I was harassed in the extreme many times. I people yeah. men are Sharks, they're animals, and this guy was one of those people.
1: And this is the guy who the women who are behind these Kavanaugh protests, they idolize this guy. That is – I just don't get that. The irony. I don't
0: know. i it, It's all that means justify the ends thing. I mean you can't yeah. – I mean that's the thing with Kavanaugh. Like I want to look at the issues. You've got to actually look at what this person's uh, – Character and principles. Like, first, you have to see what they say their principles are. Then you have to see if they adhere to those principles. This guy is clearly stating principles that are offensive. And, uh, yeah. So, yes, I would say Bill Cosby was ill advised. (laughs) That was, uh, yeah. To to tweet that. But he's sitting in jail, um, I would say completely unjustifiably right now and uh And that's tragedy, and of course, the reality is that it's the unsympathetic character who paves the way for uh an end to rights and 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 what happens? they do things like Matt Lauer or whatever like they'll they'll take somebody, they'll deprive them of their rights, or they'll make a summary judgment, rush to judgment, and then that rush to judgment will be proven correct. you know Bill Cosby's obviously contributing to this and that just validates the necessity of having is what Kavanaugh said in the metadata thing even if it were a violation of the search we have this necessity where we don't have time for rights right now you know I'm, I'm that that should have been the issue we'll be back October 20th um and in the meanwhile you can check out our podcasts on uh well just go to at free at at freedom acts radio this is Monica Perez with Brad Binkley thanks guys bye